helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. read Washington's farewell address, which got me thinking not only about how prescient the advice of our first president was, but our utter failure to follow it. Look where our dismissal of this advice has brought us. The institutions we once trusted have collapsed from the inside along with our trust. Those who promised to protect us are instead targeting us. And today, it seems upholding an oath to support the Constitution is most likely going to get you labeled as a violent anti-government extremist. How do we restore the Republic to the shining city on a hill Ronald Reagan once talked about? By going back to first principles, heeding the advice of our first president, and focusing on the most powerful persons in our lives. Us. Hello there, Everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study. This is where we read and study the Constitution Teach Rising Generation Be Free. And I'm so glad you could join me today. You know, it's funny. In, in reading Washington's Feral Dress, which I haven't sat down and read the whole thing for, a, a, well, it's been quite a while, I have to admit. Which, again, upon reading it, he, he recommend our frequent review some of the sent, sentiments that he would bring forth in this document. So uh, uh, maybe it's because of my recent reading of this. Maybe it's because I'm actually working on, uh, it's turned out to be, it's going to be two articles on this particular subject because there's so much there. And maybe it's my the looking around and seeing the state of the Republic, the, the state of our institutions, the state of our government, and uh, some conversations I've had recently, well, about the state of the American people. Now, of those institutions that have lost trust, it's not merely government institutions. The media has been found lying to us. Now, my bet, or my assumption is the media's been lying to us pretty much from the beginning. And while many people say, oh my God, look at how bad the media has gotten, I don't think it's so much that the, the, the yes, the media has gotten worse in that they're more blatant about their their lying about their their shilling and propaganda. It's not that they didn't do it. They're just more blatant about it, and we find out more about it because of the um the well because of things like social media. Because anybody with with a a computer can suddenly become a journalist and can get news out without going through the filter of you know one of the the, the three to five. Uh, media outlets, depending on what area you're look, what era you're looking at. I mean, in order for Nixon to be removed to to retire, to be threatened with impeachment, it took a news media and a couple of very brave reporters to gather the data and the media to publish the data for this to get out. Now, I'm sure it was you know the the media was more likely to do it because they tend to lean. Uh, leftist Marxist, and uh, Nixon was a Republican. But now we're finding out more about about Joe Biden and his relationship with Hunter Biden. And uh, we're getting information from inside the, the IRS and the FBI because these whistleblowers, when they come out, you know, they're not being, was it, was it deep throat? 
who who you know he, keeping his identity se- se- uh, secret and going to the to the media and had to be all hush hush. No, you can find somebody who will put your information out there. All you need is again access to the internet. We have evidence of what's going on and more YouTube videos so that we can see the the truth and the details. Uh, last week I talked about a um, the media. Uh, claiming that uh, Donald Trump would become a dictator if he won, and they, you know, they one person even quoted said, "Well, look at what he's actually said." And when you, he showed the video, the video showed said, "Listen, it, it proved that that the sentiment was wrong." But yet, how many people take what the media says without even a grain of salt, without even considering that what they're saying may be? intentionally, if not unintentionally, if not actually intentionally untrue. You know, there was a time in this country when people were independent. They took care of themselves. They provided for themselves. They were not dependent on other people for their survival or anything else. And yeah, it was a hard life. And more and more, we became dependent on others. We we stopped protecting ourselves and expected the, the sheriff to do it which then became the state police and eventually the FBI. We stopped thinking for ourselves about medicine and seeking our own information. No, we we decided to trust the the, the CDC and the, the FDA. We stopped educating our own children. And, and hiring teachers that we could watch and observe and make sure they were doing a good job. And we simply turned it over to the state and then the federal departments of education to the point now where questioning the 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 school board and that what is being taught and promoted in schools can get you a, a label on the FBI as a potential domestic violent extremist. And as we turned more and more power over to these institutions, we forgot Lord Acton's admonition. Power tends to corrupt, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. You see, as we gave them power, we were giving them the ability, the, the desire to become corrupted. Why? Well, with more power, you're more likely to, to attract somebody whose desire is power and who's willing to compromise to get there. You create a situation that is uh, going to attract, let's say, less than reputable people. And the more power you give them, well, the more they're going to be attracted. In other words, the more corrupt people, that are going to be attracted to those positions, further corrupting till, well, the corruption becomes absolute. And as we watch the crumbling of these institutions, as we watch the news media become hysterical in their propaganda and shilling for one side against the other, absolutely irrational in their observation of what is right in front of their face, as we watch government institutions become laughingstocks to all to, to most of the people, we see people standing around going, what do we do? What do we do? Sadly, we see people still standing around listening to many of these organizations that have been tr- proven. Have, there's evidence that they have been lying to you. Take, for example, global warming. We were supposed to be dead by 1990, 2000, 2010, 2020. If they've been wrong that often, why should we believe we'll be dead by 2030? If they keep telling us that man-made global warming is going to uh, destroy us all, then why is it going to raise the sea level? 
then why do the people who are calling claiming this still buy mansions at, at beach level at, at beachside? Why do the people that say air travel is destroying the planet still fly private on private aircraft? They are giving testimony by their actions that they don't believe what they're telling us. And when the 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 president of the the climate change the UN's climate change meeting says there's no science that says getting rid of fossil fuels will uh, keep the the temperature grow, uh, raised down right down to 1.5 degrees Celsius, people laugh it off. People like John Kerry simply say, well, he puts it the way he wants, but we have to do this. Why? If there's no science, why must we do that? If there is science, why don't you show that the president was wrong? Because there is science. Because, and then why do people continue to trust them? Why do people continue to move forward with their agenda? I think this is because we don't frequently go back to the first principles, to the advice from our first president. We don't consider that. We don't, and the thing is, we don't actually review the consequences of our decisions. Uh, for example, in, in Richmond, Virginia, uh, the FBI interviewed a priest and a choir director affiliated with the Roman Catholic Church as a probe into radical traditional Catholics as potential domestic terrorists. However, after the uh, Hamas attack on, on Israel, uh, we've, had, uh, we've had Jewish neighborhoods terrorized. We've had students in Manhattan had to barricade themselves in a library against a mob. We've had uh, uh, you know, uh, calls, we've had demonstrations include calls to kill the Jews. Um, where are the police in, 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 where's the FBI investigating that? Where are the police investigating that? We had BLM and Antifa riots in 2020 where vehicles were burned and, and, how, and buildings were damaged and stores were looted. And the police did, who's, been, who's gone to jail for that? Yet now we find out that not only has the FBI targeted anybody who was in the Capitol on January 6th, we find out now that, um, that they are tasked air marshals to follow anybody who flew into the area. You didn't have to go to the Capitol Hill. You didn't have to enter the Capitol. You just had to fly into one of the airports in the D.C. area, and now your name is on a watch list for special screening at airports. You're being followed by... Um, uh, by uh, air marshals. The bias and agenda are so obvious, they can't hide it anymore. Yet most people seem to sit back and go, well, what do we do? We now have a House report identifying that the FBI agents who drafted the infamous memo targeting radical traditional Catholics, well, they drafted that memo from biased sources. The FBI's report, or I should say, this comes out of the House report. But again, what's being done about it? What's being done about it? We're seeing a political kangaroo courts in, in Congress. You know, in the House, we have these, these, these uh, committees, and they're, they're pretending to be courts, but not really courts. They're not, they're not actually fulfilling a congressional duty. What they're doing primarily seems to be going after their political opponents. 
I mean, the Democrats went after the Republicans when they were in power. Now the Republicans are going after the Democrats. Now, do they have more of a legitimate basis to go after? But again, what is the what is the congressional purpose? See, this isn't about writing laws. This isn't about impeaching anybody. These kangaroo courts are about media time. It's about dinging your political opponents. Do you know how I know that? I've yet to see one article of impeachment come out of any of these meetings. Not, not one person looked at it and said, you know what? You've done such a bad job. I propose that your actions are, are so bad behavior, such a, that they rise to the level of a misdemeanor, its original meaning, meaning bad behavior, that you should be removed. I hear people whining and screaming. I don't see anybody doing anything. I've yet to see criminal charges referred. I mean, if they're investigating this for the purpose of impeachment, which would be, again, the only congressional purpose you could have, and you discover criminal activity, well, then you you would certainly hand it over to the Justice Department. Not that that's going to do any good, but that's called the law. That's called the Constitution. We're not seeing that. What we're seeing is, again, let me bash my enemies. Because remember, the Congress can make no law respecting an established religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. That's you know, our, the First Amendment. That means when um, the FBI simply kept tabs on Catholics for being traditional Catholics, well, they were prohibiting the free exercise of their religion. In other words, not only were they violating the Constitution, they were committing a federal crime. Where is the federal crime? These were unreasonable searches because they were not based on a crime being committed. This is a, uh, 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 an, an intelligence operation. This is the KGB, the Gestapo, the Stasi. Where are the criminal referrals? None. That's why I say, that's why when it comes to politicians, a pox on both their houses. I hate them both. If they found this information, why are they doing nothing with it? I mean, listen here, this is a, uh, a committee meeting um, where Senator Hawley is, uh, is um, I guess, questioning FBI Director Ray. You haven't done a darn thing. You haven't fired anybody. In fact, what the House found is, what is it? You, you admonished them. They were admonished. And their respective supervisors were told to engage with the Human Resources Division to ensure the deficiencies are addressed. Oh, I feel much better. They've been sent to bed without food. Good heavens, director. This is one of the most outrageous targetings. You have mobilized your division, the most powerful law enforcement division in the world, against traditionalist Catholics, whatever the heck that means. And you're just told us you, you have not fired a single person. Well, Mr. Hawley, let me turn it on you. What have you done? You have evidence of malfeasance and criminal activity within the FBI, and so far all you've done is scold the director. You haven't even sent him to his room without supper. You've just scolded him. When are you going to do something? Here, it gets worse. Your Richmond field office, they thought there was nothing wrong with this. The House interviewed the head of the Richmond field office. He testified. It's all here in the public report. I refer you to it, pages 12, 13, 14. He testified he saw no problem with this. He said he thought it was fine. 
In fact, we have internal memoranda of the members of the field office high-fiving one Peer reviewer, another member of the field office wrote, I think this is a great product. I really enjoyed the read. Do you have a problem with systemic bigotry against Catholics in the FBI? No. What are you going to do about this? Are you going to fire these people or not? Those individuals have all been admonished, and it is all going into their, if you would let me finish my answer, it is all going into their annual performance reviews, which has direct impact on their compensation, among other things. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. I see. And just as Mr. I, I agree with Mr. Holly, what uh, Director Ray, not these criminal activities, not being charged, not being not even being fired is bad. Mr. Holly, what are you going to do about this? Granted, you're a senator. You cannot file articles of impeachment. Are you working with your, your, co, your compatriots in the House to file those articles of impeachment so that you could try them and punish these people you can impeach the, the people can be impeached all you're doing is scolding the director do something sir don't just say it do it showing that congress as just as as useless untrustworthy worthless an institution as the fbi I have more examples for you, but I have to take a break first. Before I go, though, you know, every day I go to AmericaOutloud.news to get news and information. I suggest you do the same thing, but I want you to do something for me. I want you to find that story, that article, that podcast, that video that says something important, whether it's Josh Hawley and, and, and Jim Jordan about the, that, that or whatever you find interesting. Share it. Take those links, share it with friends, share it with the family, share it with social media. It doesn't matter how big an audience you have. When you share this information, you help to secure the blessings of liberty. Hey everyone, Nurse Kimberly Overton here from Nurses Out Loud. Over time, our cell signaling molecules diminished, leaving us vulnerable to the wear and tear of life. With the Sea of Redox, you can restore and revitalize your body at the cellular level. This is an incredible product that I personally use and can attest to seeing fantastic results, including better sleep, increased energy, improved mood, and a decrease in my joint pain. ASEA supports your immune system, enhancing your body's natural ability to repair itself. It promotes overall well-being so that you can experience a new level of vitality and resilience. It's time to take control of your health and experience the power of ASEA. Visit our online store today at americaoutloud.shop and use promo code OUTLOUD to save 15%. Be sure to tune in to Nurses Out Loud Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Lean pure with premium ingredients global healings pure plant protein offers 20 grams of protein per scoop and it's the perfect way to maintain and build lean muscle while indulging yourself it combines enzymes and probiotics to maximize nutrient absorption improving digestion and your gut health available in vanilla and chocolate flavors elevate your protein consumption while supporting your overall wellness with pure plant protein. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. 
We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash outloud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution Study. Today we're talking about trust, betrayal, and the future of our republic. Now, when I finished up the last segment, we were dealing with... Uh, FBI Director Ray, and he was being scolded by Senator Hawley uh, for not firing anybody for their attack, their rampant attack and investigation into uh, traditional Roman Catholic families. Well, that's not all that came up during the, the Senate Judiciary Committee hearing. Um, Mr. Ray argued for the, the illegal authority to continue spying on Americans. See, he wants Section 702 of the FISA, uh, uh, the, the FISA court to be extended. Now, this is the same FBI that's been caught abusing Section 702 to spy on American, knowingly spy on American citizens. They spied on a presidential candidate. They spied on a president. They spied on a member of Congress. They've spied on members of the media. And he wants Congress to keep doing it. They betrayed us. Now, the whole deal was with Section 702 was, listen, you can, without a warrant, you or with a, a, a super secret special warrant, you can um, gather intelligence. You can spy on foreigners. And if that foreigner happens to talk to an American citizen, well, then you can spy on that American citizen and anybody that American citizen communicates with. And that's what he wants extended. It's unconstitutional, it's illegal, it's void, but it's happening because the FBI can no longer be trusted. I don't know if it ever could be trusted, but there's now plenty of evidence that the FBI cannot be trusted. Now, does that mean that um, we should get rid of 702? I don't think so, but I think it needs to be much more tailored in order to comply with the supreme law of the land, the Constitution of the United States. For example, okay, you want to surveil people that are outside the United States. They are not United States citizens, not residents. They are not in the United States. You don't, and you, you want to be able to do it without a warrant. Okay, I, I have my own issues with that, but um, let's say you leave that. That ends at our border. Once you target a U.S. citizen or a, someone within the U.S. borders, you must get a real warrant. Not these fake, oh, they're super secret and we don't pay attention to them. No, not the secret Pfizer warrants. You must get a real warrant. If you don't have enough information to get the real warrant, you cannot, cannot spy on American citizens. And anyone who does is committing a federal crime. Remember 18 U.S.C. Section 242. It is a crime to knowingly deprive someone of a right protected by the Constitution and laws of the United States. 
Congress cannot write a law that supersedes the Constitution because the Constitution is the supreme law of the land. Only laws of the United States made pursuant or following the Constitution are also considered supreme. But we just ignore all this stuff. That means the FBI cannot be trusted. The U.S. Marshals cannot be trusted. The, uh, the, the Department of Homeland Security cannot be trusted. And no, Congress cannot be trusted and the courts cannot be trusted because they have shown time and time and time again they will violate their oath of office either because they think they know better or they just have no clue what the Constitution actually says. Or they just figure out cute ways to get around it. Uh, for example, uh, FBI whistleblower Kyle Serafim was on uh, Donald Trump Jr.'s uh, uh, show and uh, listened to him describe how uh, uh, the FBI simply, well, they just ignore that little pesky Constitution thing. So, I mean, talk about that. Talk about the mechanics you know, of, of actually opening up an investigation like this. You know, what forms need to be filled out? Who approves that? What's, what's the chain of command? What are, what are the bureaucratic steps that, you know, let these abuses of power just go unchecked? You know, how does it get through that many people, uh, you know, w without anyone really calling it out? So there's two types of investigations, broadly speaking, that the FBI does. One is a criminal investigation. That's very familiar to people. It's linear. I'm going to just describe it this way. A linear investigation looks like this. There's a crime. Somebody did it. We're going to find out some evidence on how they did it, why they did it, you know, what was taken or whatever was done. And then we're going to go take that person, arrest them, and we put them through the justice system. They either are acquitted, they plea out or uh, they're convicted. That's kind of the end of it. And there's some appeals, but that's linear. It ends with somebody's in prison or somebody's free. The end. But that's not what happens. That's not what these J6 investigations really are. They're intelligence investigations, which happen under the national security priorities. Understand, when he says intelligence, he's talking about spying. There's a reason why our spy agency is called the Central Intelligence Agency. Gathering intelligence is spying. Well, spying is a method of gathering intelligence. It means you're going to investigate. You're going to observe what's going on in an attempt to find if somebody... In his words, or in his description, a linear investigation, you have a crime, you're looking for a suspect. In an intelligence investigation, you have a suspect and you're looking for a crime. And listen how he describes the process. The minute you use the words counterterrorism or counterintelligence, you start working on a circular model. And the circular model can start anywhere and it spins around forever and it never has to end. As an example, I had my first couple investigations handed to me that had been going on for eight years when I was a brand new agent. And I'm looking at them and I read them and they're like, this is all bullshit. I read them and I knew they were bullshit after reading every file in them and I wanted to cut them down. All I wanted to do was go interview the guy and end it. But they were like, no, like, then you won't be able to keep doing collections of information. I'm yeah. like, well, what's the purpose of the information? The purpose is that we get more information. It justifies a budget. So all these things are being done that way. So, again, what do you see now? Oh, the investigation isn't simply to, well, uh, intelligence investigation isn't simply to find a threat. It's to gather data, gather data. And the gathering of data is, is important. And, and Mr. Seraphim does, I think he does a great job describing, he's going to use Donald Trump as, a, as an example of how this can be used to spy on the American people. When you are running intelligence operations, you are running counterterrorism. What you do is you allege uh, Donald Trump Jr. is on the threat landscape under the militia violent extremist landscape. He really thinks that we shouldn't have laws governing suppressors. And so that makes him an MVE. And as an MVE, I want to go and investigate him. Notice, no probable cause. All you have to do is allege. All you have to do is say, I believe that that in this case, he's saying using Donald Trump Jr. 
um, doesn't think there should be laws. Now, again, what we're seeing now, oh, freedom of speech, freedom of the press, you're saying something, you're communicating your opinion, but the government doesn't like it, so they're alleging that you are dangerous because you don't agree with them. So they start doing that and they look into you and then they say, well, who's he talking to? Let's subpoena his bank records. Well, we can't do a subpoena. We're going to use what's called a national security letter. That's a secret subpoena that's signed off on by an FBI person who will get all your bank records and see, well, who's he spending money with? Where does he go? Does he shoot suppressors? Does he rent guns when he goes to Las Vegas? Does he do this? Does he do that? Okay, fine. So they do all these things and they dig on you. Okay, so understand, I'm not an expert in the law, but from what I've seen of subpoenas, they're not constitutional. Um, because in order to, to to have a warrant, something you'd actually um, use to search, you need a warrant, you need, and that warrant requires probable cause supported by oath or affirmation, but that's not what they talk about in a subpoena. Subpoena doesn't require probable cause, although there apparently needs to be some level of, 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 of data, some probable cause, because I guess you have to get a judge to sign off on it. I'm not sure. But they don't have to go. We'll just we'll just do this national security law. We'll do a, a secret subpoena. You hearing that, folks? You've ever been served? I've been served a subpoena. I've been served a subpoena. Imagine having it done in secret. They just say, nope, we're going to make it up, and we're not going to tell anybody. We're not going to serve it, but we're going to go to the bank and get all your data, and then we're going to use that to investigate you. Not to investigate a crime, to investigate you. Then they've got a whole list of other people. Then they spin circles on them and they spin circles on them and so on and so forth. And now we have a whirlpool of circles. And some of those people may involve themselves in some criminal activity, even peripherally. Once we know that those exist using all these national security tools, I can go make a linear investigation start. It's a thing that's called parallel construction. So what I do is I go, I know that in your safe is an unlicensed machine gun. And I know that because I've been snooping into your text messages and I've been doing this and I've been doing that. I found them out through all these illicit means that are only for intelligence purposes, not for criminal. But because I know they're there, I can write that search warrant. And when I go find it, I'm not going to embarrass the judge because it's going to be there. Now you see why the the Fourth Amendment protections are so important and how their loss is destroying the republic. He's using intelligence means. He is spying on Americans. He's saying the FBI is spying on Americans to gather data that I can use that data that is illegally acquired to get a warrant to make it look like it's legal. But the Paul, the judges should be there. They should step in. Wait a second. Where's the where's the probable cause? Where's the legal purpose for you for you to, to justify this warrant? So even if my PC is weak, I'm the FBI. I'm going to get a lot of credibility. The judge may not even read my probable cause statement and my affidavit. I've seen affidavits that were signed off on that had factual lies that were not accurate. There was one in Tampa where they were talking about a so-called jihadi, and they claimed that he was a felon who could not own guns because he had been convicted of Saudi Arabian terrorist charges at the age of 15 and then come back to the United States. He was a minor in another country, and they claimed that was a real felony conviction that would stop him from owning a gun here, which, by the way, it didn't because he bought guns in gun stores. They don't show up in background checks because that's not real. That's not American law. So things like that will make it into an affidavit, and the judge will still sign it because it's the FBI. That's how you start getting all these linear J6 stuff, but they're all starting from who do they know, who were they talking to, so on and so forth. It's this threat landscape, which is very nebulous, and it's it's what police states do. They, they pick a victim, and then they go find what crime they did. You see that? He says, if you showed up on January 6th, well, we're going to investigate you because it's an intelligence issue. And and if we can find any connections from that that deal with a, a legal issue, we take this illegally collected data, 
this data should be thrown out of court. Uh, in fact, the the FBI agent should be in handcuffs for actually collecting it. And they use that to come up with a bogus warrant to arrest you and charge you for a crime based on intelligence they gathered. And again, you may not even have actually done anything wrong because it could all be spun. As he said, they, you know, this is a police state. We target people and we look for their crimes they committed. And this is what uh, Director A wants to continue. He wants the ability to spy on the American people. He's, his, his agency has used it to such great effect. Of course he wants it. Now, there are some lawmakers in the House Judiciary Committee that want to restrict 702. See, 702 is about to expire. And the, the, that's the question. Are we going to re-up it? So they, they said, listen, let's not get rid of it. Let's, let's fix a couple things. One of the things they say is they want to limit the number of FBI personnel who can actually conduct searches under Section 702. The other thing is they want to impose a requirement that law enforcement obtain a warrant to examine information on Americans. By the way, there already is a law that requires the FBI to get a warrant before they examine information on Americans. It's called the Constitution of the United States. You see, you can't trust the FBI. And you can't trust Congress. And you can't trust the courts, because as uh, Mr. Seraphim said, you have judges simply signing off a warrant. They're not checking the data. They're signing, oh, they're lies. I don't care. I'm just uh, rubber stamping it. We cannot trust these institutions. And we certainly cannot trust a director who is, who is not only not punishing criminal activity within his department, but is looking for the, to maintain the power to commit even more crimes in the name of the FBI. Now, you may claim it's in the name of protecting the American people, but I doubt that. I doubt that. Simply because if it actually was there to protect the American people, he would have stopped and said, wait a second, once we have this data from someone overseas, you must you have probable cause for a warrant? Go get a warrant. They don't do that. This is not a police state. This is beyond. This is not simply a, a police state. This is a tyrannical police state, where everything you do, everything you say, everything if soon as going to be everything you think, is going to be the purview of people to examine, sift, and in some cases twist for a political agenda. You want more proof you can't trust Congress? Senator Schumer announced his plan to uh, uh, have a vote on an assault weapons ban. In other words, his oath, remember, he took an oath to support the Constitution, which says the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. By the way, the Webster's 1828 Dictionary, dictionary about the same time as the ratification of the Bill of Rights, says that arms are weapons for offense and armor for defense. Period. But you see, he doesn't care about that. He wants an assault weapons ban because the last thing a tyrannical government wants is an armed populace. Someone who can stand up and say no and actually put some teeth behind it. So he doesn't care about the Constitution. His oath to the Constitution is meaningless. He might as well wipe his backside with it. That's, what he, that's how he treats it. And then again, it's not, simply the, uh, the, it's not simply the Democrats and it's not simply in, in, uh, in, in D.C., Apparently, there is a letter from Attorney General, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, District Attorney Willis in Georgia, you know, the one that indicted uh, Trump for uh, allegedly um, 
trying to violate uh, Georgia election law. And so far, her case has really been in, in rough shape. Uh, she sent a letter to the January 6th committee requesting documentation from them. Right. So he says, you know, uh, uh, please accept this letter as an official request from, for, from me for access to records that may be relevant to our criminal investigation. Those records include, but are not limited to, recordings and transcripts of witness interviews and depositions, electronic and print records of communication and records of travel. That's what she was asking for from the January 6th committee. Remember the kangaroo court that was going on. Well, guess what? Now, uh, Jim Jordan and Barry Loudermilk, right, two members of the House Judiciary Committee, are now opening an investigation into uh, D.A. Willis uh, allegedly colluding with the January 6th committee. Again, what congressional purpose is going on here? It's a political retaliation for a, a political attack on one of their party members. Don't trust either side, folks. Neither of them, neither of them are, are following the Constitution. Neither of them have your best interest in mind. Now, I have to take another break before I go, though. If you're tired of being tired, I suggest you check out REM Sleep by Healthy Cell. It's the only sleep supplement designed to support all four stages of sleep using nothing but vitamins. You can find out more at americaoutloud.shop. You can also get 25% off your first order from Healthy Cell. Again, all the details are available. Just go to americaoutloud.shop. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. Changing the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout 
Don't forget out loud 25 at checkout. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution study. Yes, I had to get my blood pressure down a little bit, a little bit of breathing during the break to try and get some sanity because today we're talking about trust, betrayal, and the future of the, of the Republic. Now, one of the things, you know, I, I'm frequently quoting John Jay. You know, I remember the state ought diligently to reinstate the Constitution of his country. But I like to focus on and teach the rising generation to be free. It's the next generation is the future of the Republic. And let's face it, we've done it. We've done them a tremendous disservice. First of all, we started by, well, simply handing them over to government to educate them. That was bad enough. Then we find that the, what the schools are teaching are, well, racism, uh, pornography, real, real garbage. And then we find, oh, by the way, surprise, surprise, uh, the schools are failing our students. And I mean drastically. There's been a a 13-point fall in uh, the international uh, uh, student assessment compared to between 2018 and 2022. The uh, mass scores across the board are down, again, 13%. It's among the lowest ever measured by this assessment in mathematics. Almost 70% of students in the U.S. are going to schools that experienced chronic absenteeism from 2021 and 2022. Uh, kindergarten through 12th grade reading scores took their biggest drop ever, and the math scores declined for the first time in 2022. Now, there's a lot of reasons for this. Uh, sure, you've got COVID and the lockdowns and the the keeping kids out of school, and then we had them masked and isolated and 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 all of that um but i think there's a a more fundamental problem that leads to the the failure in in reading math and science um proficiency yes covid was part of it i think actually covid exposed a lot of the more fundamental reason why america spends more per student than almost any other uh country in the world than any other advanced country in the world but yet routinely has some of the worst scores, or at least the bottom half scores. And the answer is simple. It's what are we focusing our time and attention on? You see, there's more than enough time to teach reading, writing, arithmetic, to teach history and civics and such in our schools. The problem is public schools are focusing way too much of their quote-unquote education time on whether or not Johnny's a boy or a girl. On uh, you know, well, teaching te teaching the white students that they are evil oppressors simply because they're white, teaching the black kids that um, they're victims be simply because they're black, telling them they can't get anywhere because of it. In other words, they're spending all their time teaching a racist, a racist, um, misogynist, and yes, socialist agenda. 
What's the old saying? What you subsidize, you get more of. The more money we put into schools, teaching our kids to hate America, to, to, to believe we are nothing but a bunch of, of slave-olding racists, that America was the only, as if America was the only country that had slaves, that America wasn't the first country to outlaw the slave trade. That's what's being taught. So when it comes to, oh, I don't know, reading? Basic math. It was the last time you saw a young person actually make change. I don't mean take the number that the computer gave them and count it out. Actually make change. They don't. Because you don't understand basic math. Maybe that's how, why they don't understand that when you take out a loan, you're expected to pay it back with interest. Maybe that's why we have so many of these other issues. Now, some people may wonder, why did I say a misogynist? Well, woman-hating. It seems to me a large part of the trans uh, agenda deals with hating women. You're saying a woman's not a woman because a, a boy can be a woman. And the women that you want are not necessarily women. They, they're to be more like boys. And, and, and even the women that, that stay women in your mind, well, shouldn't act like women. They should act like men. They should, you know... They shouldn't, they shouldn't have children. They should be worried about their career. Now, there's nothing wrong with a woman having a career. But the idea that you hate women that decide they don't want to have the quote-unquote career, their career that they choose is motherhood, and you hate them for it, that's where feminism has brought us. These are misogynist ideas. Sometimes, though, it goes, it goes really way too far. For, for example, back in March, and as yet unidentified 18-year-old male simply walked into a high school girl's locker room and showered in front of four female students. Now, the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty, they filed a Title IX complaint. Uh, but they, first they sent a letter to the district board and um, provided some of the details, at least from the, the girl's point of view. See, these, all, all these girls were freshmen. They were in a swimming class when uh, they went into the, the girls' athletic locker room to shower and change, and they saw a senior male student standing at one of the lockers. Now, the girls, well, they said they were rather surprised to see a senior in their locker room, and um, they had a general idea that, that this dude pretended to be a girl and had used girls' bathrooms before. But when the girls entered the shower area with their swimsuits on, well, that was it, it was it was common, right? You rinse off. Um, as they began to shower, the male student entered the shower area, announced, "I'm trans, by the way." Then fully undressed and showered completely naked next to one of the girls. Um, he said he. One girl said uh, he was initially towards the wall, but eventually turned and fully exposed his male genitalia to the four girls. Understandably, the girls were caught off guard and shot. They closed their eyes and tried to hurry up and leave the showers as quickly as possible. Now, the, the, uh, was it the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty? They claimed that the school failed to investigate the, initially, the, the incident initially. It took more than a month for school officials to hold an in-person meeting about the locker room incident, including, but at least according to the law firm. Now, 
here you have a school district that is not protecting the safety of its young women. And uh, now you have a law firm involved. But notice, I find it interesting. The law firm didn't, um, didn't uh, apparently, they dealt very initially with the, 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 the school board. Um, they filed a, a federal issue. They filed a federal, a federal complaint. Uh, excuse me, where does the federal government authorize to deal with issues of sex, gender, and education? The answer is it's not. In other words, we're now putting the federal government in charge of who is and isn't allowed in the girls' locker room. Does that sound like a good idea to you? See, even the institutions of education have collapsed because the school board isn't protecting the children. The State Board of Education was bypassed the entire process. The Federal Department of Education, and it, based on, on, on recent history, if you think they're going to protect the girls against a dude just simply because he says, I'm trans, by the way, I, I wouldn't hold your breath. If you think they are, maybe, maybe someone's going to sell you a bridge in Brooklyn. And this isn't an isolated incident. Out in Colorado, there was a, a school, and the students were on a cross-country overnight trip when an 11-year-old girl was assigned to sleep in the same bed with a fifth-grade boy. Well, simply, he says he's transgender. Did they notify the girl? No. Did they notify her parents? No. Did they get their consent? No. But simply because he claims to be transgender, we will put this little girl in jeopardy because a boy simply has either is confused or has been brainwashed into believing he's a girl. Now, the girl found out after the trip had started, and apparently the girl and her parents tried to get the assignment changed. Now, chaperones on the trip finally approved the request to change rooms, but only after telling the girl to lie about the reason because of the school district's overnight rooming policy. At least that's according to the lawyers representing the parents. In other words, a girl that doesn't want to sleep with a boy, no, that's not good enough reason. You have to lie, you have to, lie to come up with a reason to not want to sleep with a boy. This, ladies and gentlemen, this is perversion. This is, this is uh, uh, an effective version of form of child pornography. And it's uh, misogyny. The simple reason of saying, a hey, girl, I do not want to sleep in the same bed with a boy isn't good enough. That's why I say, you know, don't trust your school districts. They're probably not, they're probably not a safe place to be. But I ask you, my, my, my response would have been, um, you know, uh, let me call the police. Um, the, the, the school, here's a school district. The parents, I want, I want to know, the, were the parents aware of the school district's policy? allowing boys to sleep with girls on overnight uh, rooming policy. That's what I want. Give me that answer. See, part of the problem is we keep looking for someone else to protect our rights. We keep looking for someone else to take care of us. And um, that's the problem. You see, we've placed our trust in these institutions that they would do the right thing, that they would honor their commitments, honor their oaths, and power corrupts. And these institutions have been fully corrupted. The absolute power we gave them means they're ab and led them to be absolutely corrupted. So how do we do, how do we fix this? How do we fix? How do we change this?
Well, answer number one. First thing, number one, don't depend on the institutions. Do not trust them. Do not depend on the education system, the federal government, the Congress, the the courts, the executive, your state legislature, your state governor, your county commission. Do not trust them. They must earn your trust. It's not simply the fact that they have this position. Not good enough. How How do you protect yourselves against these? Well, first of all, learn the Constitution. You have a fundamental principle that you can uh, that that can be protected if you read the Constitution, if you study it, if you prepare to defend and assert your rights. Stop waiting for someone else to do it for you, because you may not luck out. Work locally. I know we want, everyone wants to focus on Washington D.C. Everything wants to make everybody wants to make everything a federal case. No. Start with your neighbors. Start with your friends. Start with your county and your city. See, school boards are elected. From what I've seen, very few people actually vote in school board elections. Even worse, it's how you decide who to vote for. Are you voting because they're a donkey or an elephant? Are you voting because they're a neighbor and you like them? Or are you voting because they have a proven track record of fulfilling their oath to support the Constitution. If it's anything but the last, you've put your trust in an untrustworthy system. See, once we get the locals, right? Like I said, I talk to my sheriff. I make sure my sheriff's being constitutional. I work with my county government, uh, you know, the school board. You do that, and you start spreading that around the, to the other counties, well, suddenly your state starts to take to change. Like I said, here we are in Tennessee, or here's where I am in Tennessee, that's debating, you know what, maybe we don't need the bribes and the extortion from the U.S. Department of Education. They, they, they you know, said the letter, hey, uh, you know, Health and home, Human Services, um, stop messing with our foster care system. Will they follow through? I don't know, but they're not going to follow through unless the people of the state Show them, they, these, these political ninnies, that we will support them when they do the right thing and we'll oppose them when they do the wrong thing. See, we start locally. And we, we focus locally and let the local change the state and the state change the federal. I know it seems counter. We want to focus on the big thing, but you eat an elephant one bite at a time. Those bites start at the locals. The the call it grassroots, call it whatever. It's that local. Is my county protecting me? Could these parents have gone to the school board, the the gone to the the principal and said, "I do not want our daughter sleeping in a room with a boy." See if they had that power locally, then. They wouldn't have had to deal with the rest. It would have been real simple. If, on the other hand, we keep looking to the federal government to fix everything, we end up with, you know, wackadoodles that think um, boys should be sleeping in with the girls, that should, should be using, boys should be using girls' locker rooms, that there's no difference between a boy pretending to be a girl and an actual girl. And you end up with the situation they had in Richmond, Virginia, where a trans, when a transgender boy raped a girl in a bathroom, Rather than punishing him, they sent him to another school where he did it again. Now, sure, everyone sometimes these institutions 
will give you the right answer. But the question is, do you trust it? If you've got a pair of dice, do you trust that you're going to roll a winning hand when there's so many options for them to get it wrong? For example, there was a, a uh, an election, recent election in Louisiana, where a judge upon, decided that the 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 amount of corruption, the amount of fraud in the election meant it couldn't be trusted because it was multiple times greater than the margin of victory. In fact, the sheriffs, it was a run for parish sheriff, and um, uh, John Nicholson won by one vote. Out of 43,000 votes cast, he won by one vote. But according to the judge, it was proven beyond any doubt there were at least 11 illegal votes cast and counted. And it's legally impossible to know what the true vote count should have been. So he's ordered a new election. The question is, what if you had a different judge? A judge that said, no, my job is to make the final decision, so I'm going to decide which one wins. Trust. It should not be given. It should and must be earned. Now, I hope I have earned enough trust that you will come back to the Constitution Study Heard every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Heard on the iHeartRadio Network. You can also listen to the podcast. Every episode goes to podcast generally a day or two after it's heard on the radio. You can listen with your favorite podcast app. But please, subscribe to the show. Leave a rating or review, especially on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the Constitution Study. Find all the links you need at the homepage at americaoutloud.news. But please, share them. Share the information. Share the link. Share the news. That, ladies and gentlemen, is how we share the blessings of liberty. Liberty.